0: Hello and welcome back to Bundesliga for Beginners, the show all about the Bundesliga for Beginners. Hopefully you know what we're doing by now because we're just about getting used to what we're doing. I'm Jamie Smith, joining me as usual Kev, John and Jim to go through the weekend's action. All the games took place at the same time this weekend, all on Saturday afternoon. Germany does this for each of the last two weekends, whereas a lot of the leagues just do it on the last weekend. So that was a bit of an odd one. We'll Come later in the show to how we all balanced watching the Bundesliga this weekend when there's other leagues in the mix. But we'll start with the Champions as again this weekend, John, against your Freiburg lads. We talked about maybe them taking their eye off the ball now the title was wrapped up, maybe a good time to play them. Didn't really turn out that way.
2: No, didn't really work out that way at all. I must com- uh, confess that I only watched the first half of this game because uh, by half time it was 3-1 to Bayern Munich and it didn't look like it was going to be any other way in the second half. And because the, uh, the the Dortmund-Leipzig game was a little bit more to play for, I, I switched over to that. But yeah, just what you'd expect really from from Bayern, a sort of very workmanlike win. Uh, just the golfing quality was was. Impossible for for Freiburg to get over. It's nice that they did get a goal back through Lucas Hürler, but um, yeah, it's one of those games where away from home uh, against Bayern Munich, even even a Bayern Munich who had a few um, interesting players on their um, team sheet, uh, it was just never going to be any other any other result. So yeah, I, I I will admit that on this occasion I did defer on the second half to a slightly more uh, exciting game.
0: And we've talked before about Freiburg's European Champions and how you were a bit mixed on whether or not you wanted them to even get in the Europa League, but a real blow with some of the results elsewhere going against Freiburg today as well, Offenheim in particular winners.
2: Yeah, it was uh, I think a, a case of a little bit uh, too little, too late for, for Freiburg, and yeah, they now can't reach the the top seven, so it looks like they're not going to make it to Europe uh, at all. But as we said before, yeah, perhaps this is perhaps this is a good thing. It would be it would be nice for Freiburg to be able to focus on the the league next season, and, and hopefully you will get teams like Hoffenheim, um, particularly maybe messing up so because of, of being in Europe, so it could work out in their favour. But I'm I'm kind of quietly pleased that. It, it, it didn't turn out that way because of the last time it happened. It was just so unenjoyable to watch.
0: Certainly a fantastic achievement for our anyway, We're going to finish in the top half, which is stunning considering <laughs> the budget's involved. Um, hmm. Also a defeat for your boys today, Kev. We talked before about how Bayer Leverkusen have a tendency... Well, the reason we you started supporting them was because they reminded you of Tottenham and they are being quite spursy at the end of the season.
1: In my defense, when John said they were like Tottenham, he said that that wasn't necessarily why they were like Tottenham. But, <laughs> yeah, they sure are. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. <laughs> obviously, the loss to Hertha Berlin today, very frustrating. I think we talked about two shows ago, how they really didn't have much to play for. Uh, Leverkusen had it all to play for, and 2-0 uh, loss. That's uh, not necessarily what you're looking for in that situation, just two shots on target the entire match. Uh, Kevin Volant, who wasn't Uh, Even trusted enough to start (laughs) against a fourth division team in the cup. All of a sudden gets a start in a super crucial match. No shots on target for him yet again. So that was surprising and very frustrating. Uh, Started off pretty well, admittedly. Um, But as soon as Hertha got their goal, the the entire match just shifted. Uh, And then Bayer were just chasing the entire time. And not uh, successfully, might I add. Uh, So yeah, super disappointing, was hoping to come on, talk about how I accurately predicted the scoreline midweek, and how great a match that was, and then if this was going to be a win, building towards the finale with a a firm grasp on that that fourth Champions League spot, and instead have uh, tossed it over to Jim's lads. And now we have to hope Hertha can show up two weeks in a row, because I think they're the ones that are playing Gladbach next week. But yeah, uh, super disappointing, and really irritating, and definitely trauma-inducing, Considering my history as a football supporter, but yeah. hopefully, hopefully things fall the right way uh, there next week. But yeah, I'm not, I'm not optimistic anymore. You, you can't be in the position that they were of of holding on to that spot as long as you do your job and then not do your job. Well, I mean, clearly they can because they did, but you shouldn't.
0: <laughs> uh, we'll come on to Galba in a minute, but like you say, you got the midweek game absolutely spot on. Brings up speed on what happened in that one because that game's happened since last time we recorded
1: Yeah, what <laughs> has happened? Uh, that one was much better uh, against Köln again. Goat as their logo, um, <laughs> but uh, that one was way better. Diaby was really on it. I think. I think Havertz had his. Uh, kind of bounce-back game that we predicted uh, after coming back from his small injury. Um, got a goal in that one himself. Uh, Bender had an interesting day with a goal, but then also getting injured, which is why he was missing today. Uh, and, yeah, I was finally looking forward to seeing uh, Ta and Topsoba play together, well, along with Drogovic. And uh, that didn't work out too well. Um, but, yeah, the the midweek one, obviously way more fun, looked way more like the the kind of stroll to that fourth spot and then didn't end up happening there either. So, uh, yeah, a bit of a false dawn there before the mm, end of that analogy. <laughs> <today>. <laughs> yeah,
0: consistency seems to have been an issue for a lot of the teams and sort of the chasing pack behind buying this season. Um, but while Leverkusen couldn't get the job done, Gladbach could, Jim, moving up to fourth with victory today.
3: Yeah, it was uh, combined with the Leverkusen result, it's pretty huge for that fourth Champions League spot because it now means that much Gladbach are two points clear going into the final match day and with a much superior goal difference as well. So it does give them that extra cushion um, that if they were to draw next week and Leverkusen are to win um unless leverkusen win by a what i would imagine would need to be a bundesliga record high um (laughs) of like 10 goals um they're they're highly unlikely to get bunched out of that um fourth spot in that situation um no offense to paderborn but i think it's probably the easiest game apart from the fact it was away which seems to help bundesliga teams since the resumption there's a lot of away wins going around um so yeah paderborn they I think they put in a, a relatively decent performance. They showed a little bit going forward, but um, they were always up against it. Much of Gladbach scored early. Um, Herman came in and slid the first one in from a, a kind of acute angle after Mbolo had had his shot saved. Um, and then they got back on level terms, Paderborn, just after half time, and then promptly conceded a penalty, which was a pretty stupid thing to do because it was a kind of an unnecessary foul. Stindle restored the lead uh, and then Paderborn shot themselves in the foot again and went down to 10 men, which made it distinctly easier, especially after Stindle then put the icing on the cake about 20 minutes later and scored the third goal. So it was a pretty comprehensive uh, performance, I thought, obviously still without the attacking duo uh, of Player and uh, Taram. So for Umberto to step up and not necessarily score a goal, but at least he he created the chance for the first and then for Stindle to kind of cap things off with a double was was pretty useful. Um and yeah, after some frustrating weeks watching Gladback, it just seems like the pendulum swung back the other way. As you were saying, consistency is a huge problem. But hopefully we've been on the right side of that switch back now.
0: Yeah, I mean it is all still to play for technically, but like you say, it does look like Gladback would have to do something quite spectacular on the last days to miss out. Now Gladback at home's a her to. By Leverkusen not home to Mind, So, two teams in the middle of the table with not that much to play for. Now, Mines among the teams to be safe after today's results Corn and Augsburg also securing their safety. Augsburg, cards on the table, um, didn't bother watching it, which means that Niederlechner scored because he only ever scores when I don't watch it. So, <laughs> um, yeah, bit of a mad one there. 1 1 to Fortuna. So it was a big game at the bottom because Fortuna are obviously still in that, um, still in the mix there. They're in the relegation playoff place. If they'd won, then Augsburg would have still been in a bit of danger. But as it is, the bottom three are going to be the bottom three. It's just a case of what order. So Dusseldorf and Werder Bremen effectively going head to head for that last spot. Um, The most glamorous game of the weekend, though, John, like you mentioned earlier, you switched over for the second half, ditching Freiburg, um, was Leipzig v Dortmund. I watched this one instead of Augsburg. Dortmund, really solid, pretty impressive in this one. Dominate the early stages, Holland put them ahead and then pretty much just sat on the lead. Leipzig didn't really create an awful lot in the game. Holland scored the second at the end as well. Um, And that means that Dortmund are going to finish second for the second year in a row. John sort of securing their place as the nearest challengers to in at the moment.
2: Yeah, it's an interesting uh, couple of weeks for well, a week I suppose for for Borussia Dortmund who lost midweek to Mainz, a team who they've weirdly traditionally struggled against but uh, today I thought they were very very um, uh, impressive they didn't look under any pressure at all Um, they actually sat quite defensively for uh, Borussia Dortmund side under Lucien Favre Um, and they yeah they looked they looked um, competent and it it was I I must admit I watched it with a have a friend who's a Dortmund fan and we watched it and uh, chatted together watching it. and he said I, I basically ruined the game for them because they were playing really exciting football in the first half and then when it when it came to the second half, when I started watching, it, it sort of became a lot more tactical. Um, Dortmund sat back a, a lot more, and uh, obviously there was the Erling Haaland goal right at the end. Um, but yeah, it was it was a, it was fun to watch because it was just a high standard game between two very good sides, two very tactical sides, uh, both trying to break each other down in different ways. There's obviously so much talent on both sides, not so much young talent on both sides as well. That any game between these two is always going to be fun for me. So yeah, I really thoroughly enjoyed it.
0: Yeah, debuts for Dortmund, four debuts, I should say, for Reiner and Moray. Reiner mm. created the first goal for Haaland. He looks like he's going to be a big player for them in the future. Um, looking at Leipzig, though, this was a real chance for them to secure Champions League football. I think it's it's almost done, isn't it, because of the goal difference, but not mathematically. Um, it would need a ridiculous swing between them and Leverkusen for that to go wrong. Um, but again, what struck me about Leipzig today was that with Werner starved of service a little bit, and especially the last 20 minutes after he went off, it just didn't pose that much of a threat. It's got to be worrying for Leipzig next season, when obviously they're not going to have Werner, with his move to Chelsea having been confirmed this week.
2: Yeah, I think for me with, with the Werner thing, just because Dortmund was so were so defensive, they just didn't get any space for him to run into. And he's obviously so devastating when he's able to utilize his pace. Um and they just they removed that from him. And I think that was probably um a very conscious decision on Lucien Fabre's part. Um yeah, it's it's been interesting watching Werner since the transfer news came through, really, because obviously there's been a lot of pressure on him. He did get a goal in, in the midweek, but um Yeah, I think there's going to be a lot of people watching him expecting big things from him. And maybe the last few weeks haven't really shown off some of his better qualities, but i thought it was I thought it was a smart move by by Dortmund to sit deep and take take that away from him and and sort of force leipzig to come onto them and and just try and break them down with no Yusuf Paulson in the team um a lot of the balls into the box from out wide just were, were, were pointless and Werner's just never really going to be that kind of striker who can battle with central defenders in, in a bid to to get a header on goal so I thought it was pretty solid stuff from from Dortmund really.
0: Yeah, and Dortmund obviously very comfortable on the break as well. Like we saw with the second goal at the end, Sancho setting up the counter attack, and I think Holland did just get touched on it at the back post. He was certainly claiming it. Um, been a real threat on the break all season. So I think with Dortmund, it's the games where they're not able to do that, isn't it? And they have to then probe and find a way through. It's then that they seem to struggle. But certainly positive signs from today's game with how easily they were able to hold Leipzig at arms length. That there mm-hmm. will be a threat again um next season we'll talk more about next season on next week's show though obviously that'll be the last round of fixtures so we can look ahead at what team's going to do who's going to be the nearest competition for Bayern things like that but this weekend obviously has been notable for the return in England of both the Premier League and the Championship all four of us support teams that are either in the Premier League or in John's case very very likely to be in the Premier League next next
2: season let's be careful now
0: come on let's be careful Barring Leeds esque collapse I think everyone expects that to be done sooner rather than later Um, so I just thought it would be interesting to talk this week about how we've balanced our football watching now that there's even more to pick from Um, obviously we started the podcast when the Bundesliga was out on its own Germany was the first major league to come back after the coronavirus crisis and touch wood everything seems to have gone smoothly Um, But Kev, a lot more competition for eyeballs now. Um, Mm. Obviously, your boy Spurs played on Friday, but how did you find today with so much different stuff going on? And we've spoke before about your broadcast options for German football on the best.
1: Yeah. So um, just back tracking a little bit the Wednesday was really interesting because obviously Leverkusen were playing at the same time as Arsenal Manchester City in the Premier League so I actually wound up watching the the Leverkusen match afterwards um so I didn't end up watching that one live actually which which ended up being uh fairly nice upset the certain other people that live in this household may have been um (laughs) for uh this weekend this one was easy I I think we kind of talked in the pre-match that it just being up against one Premier League uh, match made it really easy for me to just have both up, and I was mostly watching um, the the Leverkusen match over the Brighton-Arsenal one, although very confusing switching back and forth with Brighton and Hertha having fairly similar kits. That um, so was a bit disorienting, but uh, yeah, I, I didn't find it too problematic. I think in future, I, I am planning on on keeping track of Leverkusen, especially if they make the Champions League, but I'll, I'll watch them even if, if. Even if they don't uh, stage that miraculous turnaround uh, on the last match day of the season, but yeah, I guess it'll just be some combination of of watching simultaneously or watching after the fact, depending on on what the options are. But as you say, the the uh, TV options here in the states aren't great. There's never more than um, two available uh, per match slot, so uh, that's why Leverkusen today I had to uh, not watch on TV. <laughs> he said <laughs> vaguely um yeah. so yeah that that will be somewhat problematic it's Fox here in the U.S. who used to have the uh Premier League rights and did a terrible job of it so then NBC got it and then Fox used all that money and bought the Bundesliga rights here um so yeah it, it can be problematic um but hopefully it won't be too hard to watch it and hopefully uh, John will give us some more uh insight as to how to best handle the the conflicting football schedules, especially now that I think just about everyone is back in Europe.
2: There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you.
0: So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Yeah, I think um, a lot of it is going to depend, isn't it, whether people have developed a strong affiliation for a club. I think I've watched plenty of Bundesliga games. I've not had any strong feelings about either of the teams involved. It and seems like you hate been, Augsburg. That's a strong been, feeling. Yeah. I, I certainly dislike <laughs> Augsburg. If I never had to watch them again, I'd be quite happy. But yeah, I think my my view of it has certainly been different to probably the rest of you in that there isn't a team that I'm particularly passionate about. Uh, I'm afraid the flow chart that we used to pick, pick our teams, uh, I'm not happy with the flow chart. So I kind of wish I'd had another go. Um, yeah, I've struggled to love Eichberg. Um, Jim, how are you feeling about it? Because Gladbach seemed to me to be one of the more exciting teams in the league. They've had a good season, started extremely well. Looks like they're going to get in the Champions League. Do you see yourself sticking with Gladbach? And how are you going to balance following them and Leicester, who obviously you've got a much deeper affiliation with?
3: Yeah, it's going to be tricky. Um I mean, this weekend, it just so happened that Leicester were playing in the early game on Saturday. So I could get my kind of number one priority out of the way before any of the Bundesliga matches started, which helped. Um, But obviously, I mean, I in a non-coronavirus world, I would be going to Leicester games, um, every home game and then regular kind of away games as well. So that's going to potentially impact my ability to watch Bundesliga generally, but also Gladbach. I mean, as Kev said about the Champions League, if if Leverkusen get in and Spurs are in there too, then there might be a nice bit of opportunity to watch um, Gladbach regularly in Europe on the nights that Leicester aren't playing, if they do make the Champions League. Obviously, I'm not counting my... European chickens just yet but if they do make it into the top four um or the top five as it is potentially if Manchester City's ban holds up um then yet we we might be in a position where you know Gladbach and Leicester would be in Europe for a decent period of time so that could be fun um I think it's helped that in stark contrast to your hate of Augsburg Jamie then <laughs> I I managed to by pure chance and answering a load of random questions um, favorably in terms of the football that I got to watch uh, I've picked a team where I think you can really identify with them even as a kind of semi-neutral in the sense that there's a lot of good Enjoyable football being played. They seem to kind of play a brand of football that's quite attractive to watch the vast majority of the time. Um, and they don't win every week. You know, there's there's been plenty of back and forth and plenty of unexpected defeats this season, which isn't necessarily the greatest in the world, but it does offer you an opportunity to watch a team where you're not necessarily going to know they're going to win every week. And I can imagine in the same way that I'm sure you wouldn't necessarily adopt Bayern Munich as your Bundesliga team unless you were just kind of out it, in it for the glory, which some people are. But if you actually want to watch a team go through the highs and lows and, you know, there's some really good young players at um as well. So I think that's kind of fun to watch because they may then disperse off into different other European clubs, um, hopefully at the very top end of the of their respective divisions wherever they move to, um, which could be quite fun as well. Just to say, oh, you know, I used to watch say someone like Mbolo or Taram um, play when they were at, at Munch and Gladbach. So yeah, it's, it's been a fun ride and I'll definitely stick with Gladbach. It's just a matter of, it's going to be interesting. I think the main thing is how the Premier League rights shape up next season. Cause yeah. I've got a sneaky feeling that Sky and BT and Amazon uh, won't want to relinquish that 3pm uh, blackout, spot again or spots. If it's multiple games, I think by the coronavirus giving them a taste of having every single game on TV, that's very, very difficult to wean a uh, TV package off now. So there might well be some renegotiation, I think, where we get even more games on TV in different slots. Um, So that could be quite interesting because if that happens, it covers even more of the schedule up, which which can make it difficult if you want to watch every Premier League game, for example, over a Bundesliga game.
0: Yeah, I think that's a really good point. I think we've been quite blessed in in the UK. If you if you're listening from elsewhere, how the Bundesliga has worked certainly the last few weeks is that BT have shown all the games on TV. You can get them on the red button. So I have had the chance to watch Augsburg, which I've not taken up all the time. But there's also, it's nice to have the option not to watch yeah, them. Nice to have the option thing. and think what am I going to watch instead of Eichsburg please let it be something else on instead of Iceberg. <laughs> is it related to
1: Drew Barrymore in any way right 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 well exactly it depends on how you are
0: but uh, yeah there's also bookmakers who have live streams of all the games as well so I've watched quite a lot of Bundesliga on bookmaker live streams which isn't the premier televisual experience but it's good to have that option and you can just dip in and out of it while you're reading the internet or browsing Twitter or whatever. So, yeah, it's been quite comprehensive, the Bundesliga coverage in Britain, um, but I don't know how that's going to shake up next season either. Um, John, you've been watching the Bundesliga for a lot longer than us and a lot of the games do kick off Saturday afternoon, same as the traditional English kickoff times. How have
2: you balanced it in the past? I think that's why I've really tried to focus on one or two teams, um, because then then I can sort of make an effort of of watching the teams that I support of a weekend um, and then the rest of it sort of catching up maybe in the in the middle of the week, seeing um, what what the other clubs have done. Um, it's, I really love the championship, but um, with Leeds being in the Premier League, it will make my life a lot easier in that regard because um, it, w- it will mean I probably reduce my leagues down from just from three to to two, so just the the Premier League and the Bundesliga. So that's certainly going to make my my life easier on paper. Uh, but I tend to, yeah, I tend to watch the the games outside of I I plan around basically what what the two teams that I'm supporting are, are going to be doing, and then and then sure. I sort of look at the um the way that everyone else sort of fits around those two time slots and then I sort of go from there so yeah today I watched the um the fulham Brentford game which was quite important for Leeds uh and then I kept the West Brom um I, I double screened had the West Brom-Birmingham game on and uh watched the Arsenal game as well um and the Bundesliga games in between that so yeah i managed to balance it off okay today and there's never been more football on TV so I think I might just about survive <laughs>
0: Yeah, I think I went from the first week when there was so much on being like, oh, there's so much football, I want to watch all of it, and like watching 10 minutes of each game, to already being like, there's almost too much, I can't choose, I don't know what to do. <laughs> it's fair to assume if, if Leeds had been playing in the 3pm slot, so, like, you would have watched Leeds as well as instead of the Bundesliga, how would that have worked out?
2: Yeah, I would watch Leeds ahead of the Bundesliga if there was a clash like that, I think. Um, I'd probably dual-screen it, but then I would yeah. have the volume on on Leeds and, and sort of focus on that. So, yeah, it's um th- that'll be the way that it goes next season as well.
0: It will be interesting to see how it plays out. I think Jim's got a really good point about the 3pm and I wouldn't be surprised at all if we saw um, games spread out even more over the weekend than before. One of the things I've really enjoyed and this probably suits you as well, Kev, with the time difference with being in America, but for the midweek games in particular, where they've had the split kickoffs, yeah, so it's kind of like Champions League Europa League, where they've had a game that's sort of 6-ish and a game at 8-ish UK time, it just means that you can watch even more games. It'd be odd if they then went back to all midweek games kick-off at 7.45, and if there's 6 on at the same time, tough.
1: Yeah, and it looks like that's going to be the case this week, Um, obviously not with the with the Bundesliga conflict. Um, I say obviously. I'm pretty sure that match week is next weekend. Probably should have looked that up. Still beginners. Um, But, uh, yeah, having them split like that obviously makes it way easier to focus on individual matches at a time, even if you're doing it from separate leagues, kind of like what I was saying with uh, today with just the one Bundesliga match and the... Well, for me, (laughs) because I was just watching Leverkusen, and the one uh, Premier League match. So, yeah, if they fan them out more like that, um, and it'll also be interesting to see if they expand into more of the week in an air quotes regular season if that's what happens in 2020 2021 um or if we'll see these like random tuesdays and stuff still getting matches uh just to kind of spread out all of the viewing instead of having like literally the premier league championship bundesliga Serie A, La Liga all happening at exactly the same time. Because I feel like outside of just the Bundesliga, which obviously drew our interest being the first one back, I feel like a lot of people are going to start watching a lot more, especially as people continue to be stuck at home, especially if there's a meaningful second wave and people get locked in their homes again for another couple of months. I think the the viewing opportunities are there and and you'd assume that the TV rights holders would all want people to be watching their things. So I wouldn't be surprised if they try to spread out the different leagues and then spread out the matches within individual leagues as well.
0: It's another interesting point. I don't think there's really ever been real cooperation between leagues in different countries and all the broadcasts involved. But do you see a situation, Jim, where maybe the Bundesliga says we're going to have games mainly in these time slots and maybe Spain goes, well, we're going to have these time slots and it's all more matched out so that people can not have to worry about double screening or trying to pick i mean obviously there's only so many hours in the day and so much football to fit in but do you think there could be more cooperation that way I mean, are we expecting fans to be back in stadiums for next season surely this is going to be a problem that's going to continue for maybe the rest of this year yeah it's
3: certainly something i'm not sure necessarily about how much cooperation there will be but for example i know spain have often moved to like a midday kickoff um on a on a Saturday or a Sunday and I think I think I read that the reason they did that in La Liga was for an audience that were in like the Middle East in terms of like their premium time slot um for kind of appointment viewing I guess um because they're trying to establish themselves as a presence in that region um with obviously especially with a a World Cup and Qatar coming around the corner and a few players like Xavi going out to, to Qatar and having a big presence there so There is that kind of thing, but particularly in the COVID world that we're in now, I can't see fans being back in stadiums in 2020, even, you know, regardless of when the next season starts. Um, I'm not expecting to go to a Leicester game until probably 2021 um, at the earliest. And in that situation where you don't have to cater for match-going fans, because that's really the only reason... Well, not the only reason but if you're a broadcaster that's the only reason why you couldn't necessarily get away with a six o'clock kickoff on a wednesday afternoon because if you tried that normally you would have fan groups up in arms about away supporters or just home fans who don't finish work until five o'clock 5 30 in offices and getting to games then for six o'clock is really really difficult whereas if you're talking about everyone being either working from home or being in front of a screen and not having the option to go to a game anyway then actually a six o'clock kickoff on a friday like we had for the first first um, kind of full round of the Premier League this week makes sense because it means you can split out those two games, get two games back to back and actually still be finished for 10.15, 10.30 um, on, a, on a Friday night, which is fine for everyone. And I mean, it, it's also, I guess, it depends how the situation goes I mean I'm sure pubs and and catering outlets like that who rely on a lot of trade coming in to watch games once their social distancing relaxes to the point where we're able to go back to those places they'd be absolutely delighted if they had more time slots and it would probably make it more cost effective for them to pay thousands and thousands of pounds for the rights every year to show the football if it meant that they could double up on time slots where people might be able to go in and, and watch the game and have a beer at the same time so it's a fascinating conundrum I'm not sure about As much cross kind of league communication and and cooperation because everyone will want their product to be front front and centre for their domestic market. Which in England, Spain, Germany, Italy, you're only talking about a couple of hours' time difference at the absolute most, so it makes it tricky for that to be the case. But as Kev says, it does also offer you an opportunity for fans to take in even more football. And with the Premier League being the world's best league trademark, um, it will be interesting to see if they adapt their viewing schedule because i'm sure sky and bt and amazon will pay more on the basis that they can show more games you know that's that's essentially how the tv deals have been structured for the last 20 odd years um so why wouldn't they be interested in in having more slots especially if you don't have match going fans to cater for in the short term
0: yeah i can certainly see a short term future where we're talking about the premier league every single game being on domestic television that's probably something broadcasters have wanted for some time and the 3pm protection, now that's that temporarily gone, I think it'd be difficult for them to try and bring that back in. I think there's a championship game that's going to kick off at 3 o'clock on a midweek afternoon actually, Um it's the only one that I've heard that this is going to happen but obviously teams have got issues with travel and trying to go to away games and get back on the same day without having to walk- organized hotels which is obviously tricky right now because you have to take the whole hotel basically um honestly it's Middlesbrough again. someone from far away I mean everywhere is pretty far away from Middlesbrough <laughs> but yeah I think it's Middlesbrough someone that would have had a, a long trip and they've decided to play it in the middle of the day and like you say I mean even if you're pretending to work you can just stream the game on a laptop or something it doesn't seem to be that big of an issue um John will bring you back in. There's, I think some countries in Europe that have had different coronavirus experiences already have some fans back in the stadium. Um, Germany obviously have this fan culture, and there was a lot of upset originally when they played games behind closed doors before the lockdown, wasn't they? What's the sort of feeling around the Bundesliga now because they've handled this so successfully? Are they going to try and have fans inside the stadium next season? Has there been any talk about that so far? What have you heard on that front?
2: Yeah, I haven't heard anything on this actually, and uh, I suspect that they are just going to assume that there won't be fans in the stadium next season. I mean, Kev's already mentioned that <clears throat> we aren't entirely sure about what a second wave is going to look like if it even exists, um, and I think the the German authorities are, are, are pretty balanced on this sort of thing. They're going to they're not going to push the push the boat out. The only place I've really heard of, of having uh, fans in a sort of major stadiums has been in New Zealand for rugby, um, and obviously they're way ahead of the curve when it comes to. Containing the virus, so I think a lot of it will come down to um, w- waiting and seeing what the what state of play what the state of play is in terms of the virus by the time next season comes back um, because I think you don't really want to set up a situation where you are bringing fans into the stadium and then have to sort of change the protocols all over again to 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 set things up so that uh, if everyone is locked down again um, you have to rethink through the way that you're doing things so I suspect they'll be pretty slow on trying to get fans back in particularly at the major um, in, in the elite leagues and football but I've not heard on uh, anything on that so don't quote me on it
0: I think it was Denmark I'm sure it was Denmark I saw something on Twitter and they had fans social distance, so like every three seats or something. I don't know how that works if someone scores, do you just celebrate <laughs> on your own? I can't imagine that's very practical, but yeah, it seems to be something that some countries are doing. Um, I, just, I think with Germany it's particularly interesting because the fans have rolled back against things like the Monday night games, the Friday night games, they're really unpopular with the ultra groups, aren't they? So we talk about spreading the games out throughout the weekend like the Premier League's done. Is that going to be accepted in Germany if it's the same again next season? I suppose since the way they've done it has been so successful this time, and their season's going to finish first, so they're going to have more time to think about it, although there's the European competition look after in August as well. Surely there's going to be pressure from the fans to get fans back into stadiums if the virus seems to be under control, but the most important thing, John, is that it's all going to be safe and secure, which they've managed to do so far with the protocol as it is
2: yeah i think there's a lot of competing factors here i think that's what makes it so complex there's obviously the ultra groups who um who want football to have fans in it but then the ultra groups equally were the most vociferous in getting the the football closed down in the first place because they realized it wasn't safe um and i think there's a there is a huge social aspect to the way that the ultra groups um engage with with their teams in in germany so i think there's a there's going to be that realization there too so i think that's why we haven't seen um any plans mooted for bringing fans back in because I think a lot of the fans still think that it's unsafe to have fans uh, football being played at all let alone football um without fans so it will it will come down to that I, I suspect and um you know there's all there's all other things as well obviously have to be worried about there's so many 13 uh, clubs in the top divisions they were claiming were likely to go down um, would, would like to go into some kind of financial difficulties uh, with the way football was going as well so and a lot of the ultra groups are are, are very keen on this idea of, of making football sustainable and and having that that sort of um, notion of the football club at the centre of the communities that you live in um, that, that I think has all been thrown up by this too um, there was a Video that was doing the rounds on social media in the last couple of days of Christopher Lerva, um, who used to play for Huddersfield, but he's now at uh, Dinamo Dresden uh, in the uh, in the second Bundesliga, um, and he basically was like on the verge of tears and was saying in in no uncertain terms that the DFB didn't care at all about the players. It's just about the T V money and and the players players are gonna be the ones who are gonna deal with the the ramifications of this. So I think there's a lot of stuff that needs to be sorted out just in, in, in general in terms of the the financial structures and the and the social structures of football before any of all this this, this kind of um, stuff is going to be sorted out in the long term. So yeah, there's there's so much to see what's going to happen. And I don't know what this summer break is going to look like for the Bundesliga. Obviously they're gonna have a longer summer break than most leagues that have carried on. So I'm sure there'll be a lot of posturing going on there and the fan groups will, will make their voices known and um and the DFB will have to come out and, and have some kind of plan.
0: Yeah, it's it takes it's so much sorting out. I don't I've got to say I don't envy the people who've had to manage this return from football at all. But it certainly seems like in the in the Bundesliga they've done as well as they probably could have. It seems like a lot of the other leagues have sort of followed same sort of protocols and systems have been put in place in the Bundesliga and Touchwood. everything seems to be going smoothly in the the Premier League as well. Um, So to wrap up this week's show, we'll look ahead to next weekend, which is obviously the last match week of the league season in Germany, although there's obviously the DFB-Pokal final featuring by Kevacusen as well, so we'll talk about that, no doubt, as well. Um, something to look forward to there um, but the season finishes with a few things still to sort out radiation is probably the main thing either Dusseldorf or Werder will go down the other team will go into the relegation playoff obviously the battle for fourth seems like it's going to be the main thing and Kev your boys just have to be outsiders now but a reasonably kind fixture at least, you'd be confident to take taking three points to that and then the pressure is on back to get their bit of the bargain done
1: yeah, as you said at the top of the show, all of them are going to be happening at the same time, so there's going to be a lot of uh, back and forthing, or at least pulling up live tables, which apparently Google isn't doing right now, which is pretty frustrating. Um, but uh, yeah, against Mines, yeah, you much like this match, you have to win it, whether they will or not obviously it remains to be seen. Um, if I'm not mistaken, need the win and a loss? I, th- I don't think a draw will do it. Oh, I guess goal difference will come into play then, but... Yeah, no, you you can't go into this trying to do any math. I know you guys have mentioned a couple of times. No, it take I think
0: a... um, Gladback's goal difference is so much better that it's.
3: Yeah, you'd have score. to win about ten nil, I think, um, and then for Gladbach to have a draw, so
1: pretty unlikely. Yeah, so winning and hopefully win and...
0: with Leipzig as well.
1: <laughs> oh yeah, Leipzig, I know, are hilariously far ahead on on goal difference there, which is why even a draw today would have been so important, but weren't able to get it done, or the win against Schalke back when that happened, why that was so important that it, it wound up being just a draw. But yeah, really, really put ourselves in a pretty bad situation here. I I assume I have finally come in line with with the understandings of, of the Bayer Leverkusen faithful, uh, as well as Petterbosch before this week and wanting to launch Kevin Voland quite near the sun. Um, so hopefully he won't <laughs> be starting. Hopefully it'll be Havertz up front because things were just flowing so much better when it was him leading the line there. Um, Other than that, I mean, people just need to show up. Diaby has these huge swings of I'm terrific and I'm terrible. Happens within matches and happens between matches. Uh, If he's on and Halberts are on, I think you'd be even more comfortable with this being a win. It could be regardless, but, yeah, it's going to be super pressure-filled, obviously. A nice uh, chunk of time in between this and the Pokal final, so no need to to worry about, well, if we're already behind and, and already needing results elsewhere, do you... Just kind of forego it and aim for that. So, hopefully, you know they'll go out all out for both, and things will fall in our laps. But again, very very damaging uh, loss today that took it out of the hands and handed it over to Jim. Specifically, yeah. Jim, not not even
0: <laughs> <laughs> All the pressure.
1: Do not want to give hand me the responsibility. I am very very bad at this. I've managed to keep a dog
3: alive for six years, and that's about the most responsible thing I've ever done. So don't want to give me that kind of don't give me that kind of responsibility. I'll absolutely screw it up.
1: Well, that would benefit me. So I'm going. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. No
3: one handed it to me because now I'm absolutely nervous about it, and I've got literally nothing to do with it. Just the thought of it is making me nervous. <laughs>
0: I'm quite looking forward to how the last day plays out because in English football we've got used to the stereotypical fans with radios, even though no one's listened to a radio for like twenty years. You have to have the radio together that scores I uh, assume the on the benches they'll have some more sophisticated technology going on than like an FM radio to the ear to see what's going on in other games. Um but like Kev says, Jim, all the pressure on Gladback, um fourth place in their hands how do you think they're going to cope with that expectation I suppose again the match that they're playing is quite kind on paper in that they're at home against mid-table opposition that don't have as much motivation
3: yeah we did think a Hertha game was quite a kind assignment for uh by Kevakusen today and mm-hmm. look how that turned out so I wouldn't necessarily say it was a definite but I think at home I mean even is home advantage even an advantage anymore it certainly seems to be less of an advantage than before the coronavirus situation and no fans so that's again is something that is probably less of an effect um, it, it's still a very winnable game and especially with Gladbach having the cushion I guess of knowing that a draw is probably good enough but that's also a very weird mindset to be in because if you if like if you're Leverkusen, you know you have to pretty much go out and win, right? So it's 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 win at all costs. Whereas if you've got the draw on your side as well, it kind of brings in that little bit of complacency potentially. Um, I've watched much in Gladbach often enough now over the last few weeks to know that there is a, an absolute shocker of a performance in there, like the the home defeat to Frankfurt a couple of weeks ago. Um, so you know it's it's tricky um to, to know but we've certainly given ourselves speaking as a much gladback fan that i am now um <laughs> we've certainly given ourselves a, a fantastic chance of of securing that fourth place definitely it's just a case of you know you don't want to celebrate it until it's done and dusted um i'm very much against that in any form of kind of life not just football we don't celebrate something until the the ink is dry on the final table as it were so yeah I mean at least there's still something to play for in that fourth spot um going into the final week because the league is a little bit short of of um storylines going into the final round so it's good to have a, a little bit of jeopardy I just wish it wasn't involving Gladbach
0: essentially <laughs> Jim could have two teams in the Champions League next season no fun would yep. that be um John, we'll just bring you in on this. You've watched more of the Bundesliga this season than us. Obviously, the table doesn't really lie, but do you get the sense that Gladbach have been slightly better than Leverkusen and probably deserve it a little bit more?
2: Yeah, I think so, I'm afraid. Um, In in many respects, you know... (laughs) Well, in many (laughs) respects... In many respects, what what um, Marcus Marcus Rosa has achieved at Gladbach is impressive. Uh, they they both both Gladbach and Leipzig spend much less on their wage bill than Leverkusen do, and you'll know what just having watched Leverkusen just how much talent they do have in their side. Um, I think there shouldn't be any danger that Leverkusen shouldn't be making the top four, um, and they've and they've managed not to. So I think that really has to stand against them. But for, from what I've seen, Gladbach have been largely very well drilled and um this is the best that they've played for for a number of years now um and and it's happened in a relatively small space of time same with same with leipzig to the, to the extent that nagelsmann has come in and got them you know really challenging at the top again we know that that happened under hasenhettel but um for them to just keep bringing in young players over and over again and and having the same sort of effect it's just it's very impressive and again if you compare just how much money both M- M- munich and dortmund are spending both on their players and on their wage bills um the the the, the next clubs down um really should be um being topped, I think, by Leverkusen just on paper, uh, but the the two managers at, at Leipzig and, and Gladbach have really made the difference, so yeah, I do think that Leverkusen should, um, should have, especially in the situation that they were in where they had got ahead of Gladbach and then they've sort of given it up now
1: While yeah, Gladbach didn't company. have their two best strikers on and off for like the last three matches That's True
3: <sighs> <laughs> Just that sigh of, <laughs> of resignation from Kev is just
0: yeah. Yeah. I mean, says it all really. Obviously as the, the the host of the show I'm completely unbiased, but I think I have enjoyed watching Gladbach a bit more than Leverkusen in the last few weeks. So not that I've particularly bothered who gets fourth place. I think Gladbach probably have the edge. Um Eichberg, just to wrap up then at home to RB Leipzig. Having got the point they needed today to make sure they're going to be safe, I assume they'll be on the beach, if that's a thing, in Germany. And thus down tools them, he's about 8-0. Although, if I'm not watching, Niederleckner will probably score again because that seems to be his thing. Um, And John Freiburg, on to Schalke. What did Schalke do today? Oh, they lost. Schalke lost again. What a surprise. Yeah. (laughs) Um, So basically a rhetorical
1: question at
0: this point, isn't it? What did Schalke do today? Well, They got a draw in midweek, didn't they? Um, but yeah, Schalke continue to be terrible. Good fixture for Freiburg to end on at home against the team in terrible form, John?
2: I think so, yeah. It could be the last game that David Wagner has as a Schalke manager. Who knows what's going to happen there? The club is run so phenomenally badly that it's hard to know what will happen, and it's hard to know, really, which which outcome would be worse for them, keeping him or getting rid of him? It's it's that close, so I think it'll be it'll be a nice, comfortable um, game for for Freiburg to end on, and hopefully they'll be able to enjoy the game because it's a season when they've got 45 points plus whatever they get in that game. Um, there's there's a chance that they could get overtaken by Frankfurt if Frankfurt win and Freiburg lose, but I uh, you know. It, the difference between eight and ninth, I don't think, will be huge in terms of in terms of uh, the the prize money. So, uh, yeah, just another successful season for Freiburg because every successful season for them is staying in the division, and they've done it, it with with, with it, yeah, just their cups overflowing this time round. So it's been a very enjoyable season. Uh, they pull off ridiculous results that you just don't expect, and that, that's what makes following them so fun.
0: Yeah, finishing ahead of teams like Schalke itself with the difference in budgets and club mm. history and things like that are already absolutely incredible um so we'll come back and talk about the season as a whole on next week's show that will be the last regular Bundesliga weekend of the season the law says there's a cup final to come i'm sure people are subscribing already kev but just in case people still haven't got their head around it like me um mm-hmm. it was another reminder
1: yeah, so I'm not going to call anybody jerks this week. Uh, tested that out, you know. <laughs> yeah, it's
0: List- true. We've just done
1: a whole podcast, and we Listen might not results. have any listeners left. <laughs> because, because you insulted them all, last week. Well, I insulted them if they weren't subscribing. But, you know, if you're listening to this and you still haven't subscribed, don't worry. That's why this segment is here. So if you want to subscribe, you can do so on ACAST, Spotify, or iTunes, and I will like you even more than I already do, which is just... just overflowing amounts of love and affection. Um, but then more, more once you subscribe. So yeah. uh, ACAST or iTunes or Spotify. You can also find us on Twitter at Bundesliga Pod, and also keep an eye on EPL Index and EPL Roundtable on Twitter. Both of them shoot out these shows and are all part of the same podcasting family. Yeah, I, th- I think I preferred when you called them jerks. That was, that was a bit weird. <laughs> <But> <laughs> do you, Do you think they much rather prefer being told that I have affection for them, or that they are jerks? I th- I think the latter.
0: Yeah. Uh, but yeah, get in touch. Get in touch and tell us what do, What do you prefer? <laughs> uh, you can tweet us at Bundesliga apart or get in touch with any of us individually if you want to argue or raise any points against anything we've said in the last forty odd minutes or whatever. Including um, at that, James Miss sport including that especially that i'm <laughs> at jamie smith sport abuse as always goes to kev at kevrov jimmy's Jim, is Jim tweets john is john underscore mckenzie but that's it for this week like i say all games are at the same time again on saturday so we'll get the podcast out as soon as we can after that um but that's it for this week i've been jamie smith this has been Bundesliga league for beginners and we'll catch you again soon goodbye